Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Bug Eye's Pop Rock Rambles. This is our weekly podcast from the band Bug Eye. I'm Angela and with me this week is... I'm Paula. With a delayed response, we're doing this <laughs> over Skype because I'm self-isolating at the moment and Paula isn't. But we are from the band um, Bug Eye, uh, so you can check us out online. But our show is essentially about music, if you hadn't already guessed. But it's more a case of we each come on air armed with a story each week from the world of rock or pop. So, for example, I've previously talked about the Mamas and Papas and the urban legend of Paul is Dead. And uh, so we each have a story that we chat about. We totally get the facts wrong. Think of it as in some drunken people down the pub talking about music. And that's this podcast. But we also bring along um, some new music each week, just a track each, so we can talk about the bands and give them uh, relevant airtime. So, um, Paula, how, how are you doing? At the I'm good. I mean, it's been a bit of a strange week, if you're honest, but I don't think that's just me and I mean to be fair I feel like I'm in quite a yeah I I guess I'm focusing on the fact that there's people that are worse off than me at the moment so yeah I mean it's a bit of a strange time I think the strangest thing is we don't know how long this is going to be going on for so yeah I mean doing things like this podcast have been really great it's given me something to do to focus on make sure that I'm getting up and getting showered because frankly I am lazy and I could quite happily sit in my pajamas all day (laughs) Well, that's that's well, that's very true for me. Well, I'm not sat in pajamas like, while we're recording this. I just decided to create my own reality. I'm sat with straw hat on, sunglasses, and I am actually drinking a canned pina colada. And <coughs> that's vile. <laughs> well, in my new reality is this is like a beach hut somewhere exotic, and I'm actually on holiday rather than self isolating because my daughter um, has a little bit of a cough. But it's still better to be safe than sorry. So we are of day three of into, into 14 days of uh, self-isolation. But yes, so coming up on the show, coming up on the show today, I'm going to talk about, I was going to talk about Keith Richards, but um, I still am a little bit, but I got quite distracted during the research and ended up uh, basically getting lost in various clicks and discovering lots of other really crazy stories of people from from the world of rock so i'm going to be doing my top five is it true or is it false stories about rock legends today and i'm going to play some music by fight milk what about you paula i'm going to be talking about a band from the mid 90s called kanicki who were the band of Lauren Laverne. And I'm also going to be playing some music from Gemma Freeman and the Cosmic Something. Sorry, stumbled there a bit. Oh, cool. I really, the, honest, Gemma Freeman and the Cosmic Somethings did my favourite album of probably the most recent years uh, that came out late last year, I think. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. Tra- Definite th- album of the year for me. Was that through, tra- I think that was through Trapped Animal Records. I might have got that wrong. But yeah. Oh, we also have Corrections Corner. Um, well, actually, I don't think we have any corrections from last week, which would be a first. Uh, but if you Are do you have joking? a story that you want us to cover, or if you've got a correction, because I'm always being corrected, um, you can drop us an email at rockpoprambles at gmail.com and we will 
read them out on air so you can get in touch with us that way but um paula what did you have for breakfast uh i had a banana <laughs> is that it is that it so All basically had you a did banana and some black coffee clearly someone didn't stockpile i had some black coffee and a banana that sounds sounds amazing breakfast of champions nothing wrong with that mate <laughs> i had um some toast with honey on it and you're laughing at my banana are you for real yeah yeah, yeah. i think between I us there we had a really nice breakfast just some nice toast bananas honey on top of it but individually a bit of a fail maybe <laughs> Okay, do you, do you want to play yep, Gemma Freeman? Go for it. Okay, it? so I've chosen a track called Kita. Um, I really, really love this track. I think it's really beautifully written, really... I love the arrangements on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I could ramble about it, but I think it's better for you guys to have a listen.
Okay, so that was Gemma Freeman and the Cosmic Something with their track Kita. Um, they describe themselves as powerful, lush guitar tones and introspective psychedelic lyrics, but I just describe them as being bloody great. Um, as I said before, I really, I really love their songwriting and you guys should definitely check them out. Uh, to do that, you can find them on Facebook, uh, Gemma Freeman, the Cosmic Something. Uh, on Twitter, they're Gemma Freeman 3. And they've also recently launched a GoFundMe. Or rather, I think that, I think it's their bassist, Mark Estelle. He's launched a GoFundMe. And it's to try and keep musicians um, able to keep recording new music. I mean, these are obviously kind of trying times for everyone, not just for musicians. But, yeah, so he's launched this GoFundMe. Um, it's to, yeah, give people studio space and studio time. So... Um, if you, I'm sure you can Google it, but I'll pop the link in the, in the comments here. I suppose that's for when we are allowed to go out. So it's raising money I mean, for, yeah. for the future, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, flipping heck, everything. when I did the research, we were still allowed to go out, but everything's just so fluid at the moment. You never know what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah. So, when, so, so I guess it's for like when times are a little bit better. Yeah. No, I think that's a fantastic thing because, um, I mean, me, me and Julia were talking last night. I mean, the people that... that that know us we always have Mm -hmm. loads of stuff that we do and you know if you think oh you're working from home you're isolated you've got loads of time to fill but it's like we've got full-time jobs that because our daughter is now at home we have to tag team that so it's like I work part-time during the day on a full-time job and then I have to work in the evenings to make that a full-time job if that makes sense because yeah yeah so it's like I've got mornings then I've got Beth in the afternoon and then I have to go immediately back to work and so it's like when am I gonna find time for creativity I mean guys we started doing this podcast um the intro bit was recorded in the evening but we've because internet was a bit patchy you know it's uh what was it half six we got up to do this yeah. this morning so I mean you should see me now yeah. I'm in my ridiculously short fringe is is just sticking in the air. I've got makeup under my eyes because I just couldn't be bothered. To, I don't even know why I put makeup on yesterday. Who, who I is mean, going to see me? To be fair, we've both got bed heads, and I don't think I put makeup on in days. I'm just like, what is I the haven't point? Even I'm not really leaving the yet. house. I'm glad no <laughs> I've managed one else, to do that. Glad no one else is using this mic. <laughs> it's going to be grim. I, I smell. <laughs> I definitely smell. Um, okay, should we leave our own? Bad personal hygiene aside for a moment and crack on with this podcast. <laughs> okay, I've got a good one for you, actually. Go on. uh, so I was originally going to do Keith Richards, as you know, yeah. because, he, I mean, he's the original bad boy of rock and roll. There's there's some funny stories, there's some not so funny stories. But I sort of, when I was sort of doing research into him, I got sucked into a complete rabbit hole and ended yeah. up discovering stories about so many other um, artists and bands that that are just plain ridiculous and so anyway I, I ran out of time and I've just decided that what I am going to do is my top five um is it a myth or is it true is it true or false this story on, type thing so I've got can five I guess can I guess at the end no you you can guess at the beginning so I'm going to give you a clue at the beginning okay. and then you you can try and guess what this is about okay so this is my uh, Angela Martin's ridiculous stories from the world of rock Okay, so first one. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, would you like a Mars bar? As a general rule, no. I'm not a big fan of Mars bars. I find them a little bit sickly. Uh, well, this isn't a story about your food likes and dislikes. This is um, this is actually this is this is, a, actually, this is yeah this is a hint about what this story the fun might be size about. One, the fun size ones I quite like. I find them all right in that form. Is it because they're but fun? Anyway, 
Well, <laughs> maybe not. Um, go on, what? Would I like a Mars bar? Yeah. What possible story could there be about a Mars bar? From well, the, um, let me tell you. Let's, let's head back to 1966 to a picturesque estate in Sussex. Mm-hmm. Keith Richard purchased this beautiful, wonderful property um, like a, few, a few months before uh, what would become one of the 60s most infamous drug busts. So Keith Richards pad, all plush. He's there with Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful, and they're on acid. I mean, I think they're. I think when this happens, they're on. They're on a bit of a a come down. Anyway, so on this day, twenty thousand cops. Cops. That's so American. Where did I get that from? Been shut away for too long. Twenty (laughs) thousand cops. You could tell I did research on like American site or something. Um, Uh No, so twenty fat twenty thousand. 20,000 police officers, that would be that would be quite something. No, 20 police 20. officers, you know, storm the property in search of illegal substances and find um, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards and Marianne Faithful in the house. And as I say, they're coming down from um, an acid trip, which was, this was reported. But... Well, they're coming down from an acid trip to 20, 20 police, 20 not 20,000. I always say 20,000 <laughs> as well myself. It's contagious. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's going to be pretty, pretty. Uh, that might send you on a bad, a bad trip, or it might, it might be really amusing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to reflect on any experiences with acid or non-acid taking right now. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Um, anyway, so moving on. After they've busted, I mean, obviously they do find drugs. But Mm -hmm. a rumour circulated quite quickly after and captured headlines across all of the tabloid newspapers and gossip columns. And not just in the UK, but abroad as well. This was a global story, which is also quite ridiculous. So when the police uh, busted in, they Mm -hmm. obviously found drugs, but they also, they say, interrupted an orgy in which Jagger had been licking a Mars bar um, that had been pushed into Faithful's vagina. That's ridiculous. I'm calling false on that from here, oh, here really? on in. Really? And yep. so the tip-off for the drugs burst came from a tabloid newspaper to the police Yeah. and came to the tabloids from Keith Richards' driver that there was drugs in the house. So ne- wait, 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 wait. The tip-off from for the bust came from the tabloids. What was Keith Richards' driver's part in Keith this? Keith Richards' driver tipped off the tabloids, who then in turn tipped off the police. And uh, that was such okay. a better way of saying it rather than overcomplicating it. Sorry, I was getting no, a bit lost fine. there. No, it's fine. No, but so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible story, which... Um, I mean, it's, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Keith Richards actually says what what really happened yeah. was the police knocked on the door mm-hmm. and he opened the door and they came in and searched the place and found some drugs. Like that's as that's that's it. So, I mean, at the time and probably even still now, actually, you do still get this now. But I think it was even more so back in the sixties and seventies, eighties. Like these really crazy headlines to yeah. demonise people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, so. What did Marianne Faithful have to say about this? In her autobiography, she wrote, The Mars Bar was a very effective piece of demonising, a way out. It was so overdone, with such malicious twisting of the facts. Mick retrieving a Mars Bar from my vagina, 
indeed. It was far too jaded for any of us even to have conceived of it. Mm-hmm. It's a dirty old man's fantasy, some old fart who goes to a dominatrix every Thursday to get spanked, a cop's idea of what people do on acid. Now, what you have to remember is, this is, I mean, this is a very good point, because in the 50s, there was this whole, you know, rock and roll is the devil's music, and that was before people even became aware that artists were partaking in in hallucinogenics, all sorts of drugs, right? Yeah. Um, the 60s was known for, obviously, LSD. It was the rise of cocaine. But cocaine became more into the focus, probably, um, in, in the 80s. But, yeah. but this was all about, you know, the, the fantasy world of, of these evil rock and rollers who were now corrupting... Um, women and you know protect your daughters because look they might end up with a bloody vagina full of Mars bar it's just so (laughs) it's honestly Uh, that term of phrase a a vagina full of Mars bar (laughs) no but seriously it's so it's ridiculous in every single sense but also it's absurd (laughs) but also it's the fact that out of this it wasn't the bad boys you know the bad boys of rock they were like oh yeah they're drug taking but it's, you know, it's... It was her. It was her, the centre of this yeah. story. And it's, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to move on to um, some of... Oh, actually, did you know, did you know, talking about drugs and Keith Richards, mm-hmm. there is, there's a little fact here. This is how hardcore um, the Rolling Stones members were and how committed they were to uh, continuous drugs use. And this is from Keith Richards' memoir. So this... I mean, it could, it could still be made up, but I don't think yeah. it is. Um, they initiated building the building of hideaways behind the speakers on stage so they could have lines between songs. Lines between songs? Yeah. We're not talking like, let's have a quick sip of beer here. No, no, no. no. So it's Jesus. One song, one bump was the rule between Ronnie and me. Dear Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Richards also had a supply of heroin that was cut into lines and hidden amid the amplifiers, along with heroin-laced cigarettes, or dirty fags, as they were known then. Christ on a bike. And, I mean, it ends this as in things went fairly smoothly until Richards and his cocaine supply. Smoothly? Smoothly, yeah. How, how on earth could this have been going no, smoothly? No, no. Well, just, just as in, they, you know, they were doing their, their drugs thing and uh-huh. getting away with it. And he says that it all went smoothly until, you know, him and his cocaine dealer on a detour to get some good barbecue were arrested in Arkansas. To get a barbecue? Yeah, to get some barbecue food. How rock and roll is that? I was arrested while I was going to buy some sausages and burgers. I've also got, um, anyway, so that's, yes. But the thing is, actually, one of the things as well is if anyone is listening to this, I have a question how many times, and if someone wants to research this, it would be fantastic, how many times has Keith Richards been arrested? Because he was exiled from the UK for not paying tax, as were all the yeah. Rolling Stones. He was wanted in France for, you know, drug smuggling or something like that. He was even arrested in America for, you know, he had so much heroin on him. It was like with the intent to deal. So he was facing... Seriously? He was facing 30 years in prison, but... But, 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 um, you know, he if he agreed, he went into rehab mm-hmm. and um, what else did he do? 
Didn't he have to do some kind of special concert or something? Yeah, he did. And it was like, you know, they let him off if he did like a concert for the blind. You know, you just think how the privileged live. Like, seriously, if I was caught with a shit ton of drugs and said, <laughs> could Bug Eye do a gig for you? They'd be like, jog on. <laughs> jog on twice. Exactly. Do you know what, though? I'll, I'll do, I'll do it for the blind. Pro- I'll do it for every, every... It will be like a multi-pronged thing for charity. And we'll live Back stream Back to it. your previous point, though, about how many times you've been arrested. Let's have this as a competition, kids. Ooh. Ooh. You're going to win an exclusive Bug Eye prize. I can't guarantee exactly what it's going to be. It might be a bit shit, if it's I'm honest. Mis- it's a mystery prize. You know, like when you exactly. go into um, Firebox or somewhere like that, you can order their... Their mystery, mystery gift. Yeah. So message us on social or drop us an email at is it rock rock pop tales? Yeah, it's 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 not. It's uh, rock pop rambles at gmail.com. Yeah, or message us on social. Uh, from the date of this going out, you've got one week. That's seven days. Doing this on the fly, obviously, and the winner will be announced via via our socials. We'll say that. Yeah, and if no one enters, we'll just make up a winner. Um, anyway, my so... mum got it right. <laughs> well done, Joe Blogs. Who listens every week? <laughs> um... You're our biggest fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll just get Alex to enter. Alex, we love you. Um, okay, so moving on to number two, because okay. I'm not going to ramble. I know this is rock pop rambles, but I think in the last episode, I went to epic proportions on rambles. Oh, it was the longest episode, even when editing it down. Do you ever question what you're talking about if when you're editing it? Like, what on earth was I on about there? Well, no, Why I, do I, I think that really, was relevant? To be honest, it was just like sort of I sort of click through and make sure that the levels are right. But then yeah. when I saw how long it was, it was like, okay, I need to edit some waffle this. out of this. So um, we're getting back to that. So let's get on to story yeah, two. Exactly. Uh, so story two. So my clue here is: what's your party trick? What's my party trick? Yeah. Do I have a party trick is the question. You do have a party trick, Paula, but it's not to do with the story. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh, it's not to do with the story. No, you have a party trick, but I'm saying is it's it... in like, what's... Sorry, I'm really I'm confusing things. So the clue for this is what's your party trick? So I can twitch that... my nose like a sheep. Is that it? That's not a rock and roll story, but that is a rock and roll story for you. And we need to put a gif of that um, on our Instagram. So... Well, yes, maybe Paula. not. <laughs> yes, we have to. We have to. We've committed to it now. Okay, on with the story. What what has this got to do with sheep's noses? Right. It, it's it's very close that you picked a farmyard animal, right? Because okay. Because this is this that is quite relevant. So well done. So, kiss. <coughs> That's not condescending. <laughs> kiss, god of thunder, was well endowed in the mouth region. The popular rumour in the 70s was that he had grafted a cow tongue onto his own to give him some extra length. What? That so this actual... Is, this is Gene Simmons. Um, uh, he grafted... Look, look, I'm sending you a picture. Take a look at this picture. Actually, don't look at the picture yet. Don't look at it. I've just, I've just, I just hit send. Don't look at it just yet. Um, so Gene Simmons... Mm-hmm. Has a long tongue. He does have a long tongue, and he sticks it out quite often. Yeah, that's um, his thing, though, right? Yeah. Uh, Simmons says that he didn't realise his tongue was extra long until he was thirteen years old, at which point he discovered that it was a great asset with girls. Oh, what a charming quote! <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So look at look at. So years later, so in August twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. this story appeared on BBC News 
Um, so this is on their website. This is in US and Canada, but it also came over to the UK. So this this is what people deemed as a good news story. Although it's quite funny. It says, Texas calf resembles kiss rocker Gene Simmons. Can Take I look at the photo picture. now? Yeah, yeah, look at the picture. Oh, my God. Look. That is actually brilliant. <laughs> I love that. So, that yeah. cow has got the most extraordinary markings. I so, mean... Okay, look, as fab as it is, surely this is something for like BuzzFeed or Newsump. This is I not know. like I know. But what, what I really enjoy about this is that they felt they need to put a caption at the bottom of the photo saying Jeannie the calf, right, and Jean Simmons left. Just in case you Just in confused. case you couldn't tell the difference between a cow and a person. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, the internet has gone utterly wild for a Texas <laughs> calf's uncanny Ooh, resemblance love... to kiss frontman Gene Simmons. Love a cheeky pun. <laughs> love a cheeky pun. And then and then it just goes on. It's like, just leave it at that. But then it goes, you know, the baby cow named Jeannie was born on Friday at a ranch in Texas. Oh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. I, I, I'm good with just a photo. I don't feel the need to read the article. I think that picture tells a story, to be fair. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I mean, basically, in the 70s, teenagers were convinced that no human could have a tongue that long without it being surgically enhanced. Kids of the well, 70s you know, have to say, if a sorry. If a teenager says it, it must be true, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, the fact it, is, in the 70s, there wasn't medical source. technology to, to do anything like that. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would really want Why? to do that. Anyway, another kiss fact for you. Because uh, Factoid, factoid, yeah, factoid. Right, so um, they've never been shy of good publicity, as as you probably know, or macabre merchandising. Um, I mean, do you fancy being buried in a kiss coffin called a kiss casket, spelt with K as casket? Are you for real? Yeah. How much were they selling them for? You could get them for around five five thousand US dollars. Jesus Christ! I mean, I have no idea how much a regular coffin costs. To be fair, but bloody hell, mate. 5k and, for a kiss casket yeah kiss casket um we could do bug eye baskets let's not go down that route like times are dark <laughs> enough as it is we do not need to say, be doing I this it's a basket for your oh, local I thought you meant... shopping if if you manage to find food for you your know, bread your bananas yeah, your eggs rocking the retro we've got we've got tote bags we need to sell first let's stick with those <laughs> okay all right <laughs> So um, next, the next bit in here is also, mm -hmm. uh, in 1977, Kiss flew to Marvel's printing press um, to create the super special Kiss comic, right? Was that spelt with a K? Uh, well, Kiss is spelt with a K, Paula. Yeah, I know that. I was know comic we... spelt with a K? No, it was spelt with a C. Oh, lads, you missed a trick there. Yeah, they... Yeah, they Should have had me on your marketing team. <laughs> anyway, they added vials of their blood to a vat of red ink, which was yeah. used um, to print the comic. So you could you could get a comic that was made, essentially, from the band's blood. Not sure how I feel about that. So, true or false? Probably true, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is true. Absolutely true. But there was a rumour that it was mixed up, that the, the blood and the red ink was yeah. mixed up, and it ended up being used in um, sports... Tell me a... Tell me, no, tell me it went onto a blood donation leaflet or something like that. 
Oh, that would be amazing. No, it didn't. It went onto a run of a Sports Illustrated magazine. No way. It didn't. I mean, could you imagine? It probably went into the printing press for the Sun. Maybe. And their logo. Although this was in the States, but anyway. So moving on to number three. Yep. Right. Also, I don't think you'd be allowed to do the blood thing now. So bands out there listening, looking for merchandise ideas. I don't think any of these are viable right now. No. I, I think they're a bit grim, to be fair. Anyway, so number three, my clue for you is stay away from cults. Cults, is in occults. S- stay, stay away from cults. Uh, is this still in the 70s? Who, what, mm, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's in the 60s. Um, mm, didn't you touch on something about this with the mamas and papas? Yeah. And I totally, okay, right. I'm gonna is, it, read this. is it a similar story? No. Okay. It involves a character from it. To be honest, this person has featured in so, so many um, rock, star, rock star tales. I Even though this isn't a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. I am going to have to do a story one week on him. Yes, it's the Manson family. Charles Manson. Again. So, again, again, he seems to get a spot every week on this show. Anyway, legend has it. Or maybe it's you and your research, not your research techniques, but the things that you're researching. Possibly, possibly. Because I also... You are a true crime fan, to be fair. I love true crime. I'm also going to do Blondie one week, and there's another true crime Ted Bundy link there, but don't don't look... Really? Yeah, don't look that up. Don't look that up. Yet, let me let me tell you about okay. it. Right, okay. So legend has it that Charles Manson wrote a song with or for the Beach Boys. Is that true or false? I think Oh He wrote a song for them. With or for them? I'm gonna go with false. I don't think he wrote a song for them. I think he might have been in their circle, but I don't think or circles they were moving in, but I don't think he would have written a song for them. <laughs> false. Um, I mean, it, really? you're, you're you're wrong. It's completely true. Really? Um, yeah. Which song? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. You're getting ahead. ahead. Getting ahead. ahead. Uh, so before he became a psychopathic murderer, yeah. um, Charles Manson, as I think pretty much everyone in the 60s and 70s, had an acoustic guitar and formed mm-hmm. themselves a singer-songwriter. Of course um, they did. Yeah, exactly. So he was living in LA when he, he met the Beach Boys, and this was in 1968. Yeah. So he met Beach Boys drummer um, Dennis Wilson, and they had a sort of chance meeting through um, two of the female members of the Manson family cult. Now, if you see those women, yeah, they are the same women that actually went to Sharon Tate's house and committed the murders. And when you really? see them, yeah, when you see them after sort of in the police station and stuff like this, and they've been in custody some time, so they are not on drugs mm-hmm. anymore, but they are bloody not on this planet. It's it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But anyway, um, we won't delve into that. But anyway, no, no, no. Um, so basically, um, Wilson had met them because he picked the girls up as hitchhikers. Yeah. And then he, that led him to meet Charles Manson. And they formed some sort of strange relationship. Um, I thought Wilson and Manson. Yeah, so I've got question mark. Strange? How? Why? What was that about? No details on that. Anyway, um, so Manson wrote a song for Wilson to give the Beach Boys mm-hmm. uh, to give to the Beach Boys, and it was titled "Cease to Exist." Really jolly. 
Cool. That's um, not sinister. No. Given what came after. Yeah, Wilson liked the song, but rewrote the lyrics yeah. and titled it "Never Learn to Sorry, Never Learn Not to Love." Okay. Which is more in in you know keeping with the Beach Boys, but apparently yeah, 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 yeah. Charles Manson was absolutely enraged with the fact that um, Wilson had changed his lyrics and was taking credit for the song. Yeah. Um, though accounts sort of differ as to what happened when Manson confronted um, Wilson. I kind of feel that's not the sort type of person you want to be getting enraged. Well, no, not not when you find out later. No. Bloody well did. You know, it's... Um, Have the song, mate. Have it. Take yeah, it. It's yeah. yours. So, I mean, I, I don't know if there was a payout or what the uh, mm-hmm. what the uptake was of that. I couldn't be bothered to, to research it any further than that because I then um, was dragged into my fourth... Yeah. Um, my fourth little tale for you. Uh, the clue for this one is, he's alive. Is it Elvis? No. Oh. Okay. That would be get... that'd be too obvious, wouldn't it? No, I've again. I'm writing down a list now. I think I might have to do um, myths of rock and rollers who apparently have died but are still alive. Although I seem to be doing them all now, so it might be a really boring show with like. Oh, uh, I mean, to be fair, there's loads of them. There's it's loads so, of conspiracy it's just, theories it's just out really there. Ridiculous! Like, what, what would the point be? Um, anyway, especially in this one. So, videos of an aging bearded hippie singing, citing poetry, and performing the Lizard King's trademark dance have emerged online. Jim Morrison. Yep, he's not dead. He's alive. Of course he and is. And this article says, um, this was from, oh God, was this Rolling Stone magazine, I think? Um, the vagrant insists his name is Richard and refuses <laughs> to confirm or deny that he is Morrison because he is not Jim Morrison. His name He's Richard. is Richard. Right, okay. Um, Can you imagine um, that, like, the kind of elephant man style? I am Richard. My name is... I yeah. am... The elephant man, aka Jim Morrison. I don't know where this voice is coming from. Um, anyway. Anyway. So, Jim Morrison supposedly died aged 27. Fairly sure he did die. On July 3rd, 1971. Oh, he was 27. He was part of the 27 Club as well. What? You know the, you know famous people that died at 27, like River <gasps> oh. Phoenix, Kurt Cobain? Ah. Are you bagging that then as a story to do one week? Uh, potentially. Because otherwise my list is, is I'm sorted I mean, for weeks. To be honest, in these times, I'm trying to go for happier, shinier things at the moment. Yeah, I suppose that you might have a point. Maybe I can just be the dark, macabre one. And Maybe. you can all be the, the light, fluffy ones. Maybe. Mentally. Anyway, carry yeah. on. Anyway, Jim is right, alive, so allegedly. Is alive. Right, okay. So, how has this, this started? Uh, if you go to YouTube and search for the user Broken Star, and that's spelled... B-R-O-K-K-E-N-S-T-A-R. He's posted a number of videos, right? One minute, one minute, one minute. All right, yeah, got it. Right, okay, so just, just yeah, yeah. But hear me out before you start watching anything. Mm-hmm. So he has basically decided that this this guy, this old guy, is, um, is Jim Morrison, so he's been following him with video camera. And I love the beginning of one of these videos because it has this like really tacky kind of red background and font over the, the top, like horror yeah. font. And it said, saw Jim sitting on a stoop. He didn't like me calling him Jim in total denial. 
because it isn't him. He's not Jim. So basically, I mean, this guy's a stalker. He's stalking. But I mean, to be fair, um, later on in these videos, he's clearly got this old guy who basically the only resemblance is the fact that he's got, you know, when Jim Morrison had the sort of big lion mane hair and a huge beard. Yeah, but like, let's be honest. If Jim Morrison's alive now, and clearly he's not, how the hell do we know what he would look like? Oh, well, that you know how to say he looks similar. Well, I mean, this is because ridiculous. He's got the same hairstyle that he had back in the day. Um, I mean, I don't even know if the age quite because I think I mean he would have to be pretty old now. Um, yeah. Anyway, so point being, the you can go and watch these videos. They're quite funny. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you know, there's shots where you know the video starts and um, Richard have camera shake. Richard, aka Jim. Um, yeah, he's like standing in a parking lot, um, a car park in English, um, and like reciting a poem. And the ending bit, he kind of tries to say it in the way that Jim Morrison would say it. And it's totally been set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's yeah, yeah. probably saying, "Here's fifty dollars. Can you read this?" Oh, do you know what? Maybe this Richard guy is having a joke on this other dude and totally sending him up, being like, "You know what? You think I'm Jim Morrison? Let's go for this." Because well, I would, to be if fair. It, if it was Jim Morrison, right, where has he been all this time? And why would he now suddenly just go, right, well, I'm going to now just do impersonations of myself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for this crappy YouTuber, even though I don't want to be... So anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Jim Morrison, apparently he's alive. Mm -hmm. So um, watch those videos and judge for yourself. Uh, oh, interesting fact. About, go on, then. Um, the Doors. Did you know the guitarist uh, had the best luck in the world because he'd never written a song before and the first song he wrote when he was 20 years old was Light My Fire. Now, is that a fable as well? No, it's true. It's true. Really? It was the number one smash hit, which is still, you know, the most popular Doors song of yeah, all yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, obviously when he wrote it, it, you know... It, it didn't have the keyboards. No, no, no. Intro. It was... Um, but to be fair, though, you say that's like the best luck in the world, but how do you follow that up? Like, you've written probably the biggest song that your band's ever going to put out. How do you follow up from that? No, I mean, they did They did have, you know, they did have some great, great, other great songs. No, no, I know, but it's, that's the one that well. they're known for, isn't it? Like, if you spoke to someone who's not a Doors fan and asked them to name a Doors song, that's the one they're going to come out with. Yeah, exactly. Or probably break on through. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 But yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely, um, or people are strange when you're a stranger. Uh, I think people say like my fire above that. I don't know. If, 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 if you're, if you were a child in the eighties and you watched, um, oh God, what's the vampire film gone? Called? Buffy. Sorry, not Buff Buffy. No. It's the one with Kiefer Sutherland in. Lost Boys. Um, yes, that's it. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. I mean, this, this, won't, I mean, this won't it, mean it's intro music. This won't mean anything to anyone out there. But between us, can we just take a moment to say that I got something right about film? You did. Paula didn't watch, I think, a, a film until she was like about twenty years old or something like that. I watched she a was... film. There was just films that you watched that I hadn't watched. I had seen a film before the age of twenty. You hadn't seen like... Star Wars. You hadn't seen no. Dirty Dancing. I still haven't seen Dirty Dancing. You haven't seen. You haven't seen the hits. Oh no, you did see Breakfast Club. Surely. I've seen Breakfast Club. Anyway, right. So I'm on this to... is a music podcast, not yeah. a film one. Okay. Let's let's All keep right. to point. 
Grace is our film buff, so I'm buff, sure she'll yeah. descend into into loads. I think she's doing the next episode. She hasn't done one yet, so it's uh She'll be listening to this shaking her head at my lack of film knowledge and film yeah. watching. Well, out of probably she's the one who's gonna be most factually correct and well researched. Um, the rest of us are on Wikipedia, mate. Yeah. So she might be the saviour <laughs> of this uh this show. Anyway, so number five. Yep. Um clones. Clones. Who could have possibly have been cloned? One of the Beatles? We've already done the Beatles. I'm not going back to um to yeah, Billy Shears, who is really poor. Uh, I have no idea. I'm trying to think of someone who go on, go for it. Okay. Drum roll. Avril Levine died in two thousand three and was what? replaced by an actress. The Sun headline there was loads of headlines about this. The For real? headline read, Avril Lavigne cloned. How have I never heard about this? <laughs> I hadn't either until I just sort of ended up like, that's why I had to do these stories because I was just stumbling Hang across on. stuff. I'm, I'm just processing this here. They've gone from Dolly, when did this happen? This um, allegedly. Let, let me get let me get into it rather than yeah. just give it. Yeah. So let me read it because I know that I, I want to get onto playing some music in a minute. Mm-hmm. So in 2012, a rumour spread that Avril, Avril Lavigne died soon after releasing her 2002 debut, debut even, album. Let's What's say. with the Americanisms today? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, since then, an actress with near perfect sort of doppelganger of the, the pop singer has been recording and touring as Avril ever since. Is she still touring? And was she near perfect or was she just Avril Lavigne? Well, no, listen to this. So no one noticed, obviously, that she died until a decade later, but fans mm-hmm. started to notice. And of course they did. And there's a lot of evidence to prove that, you know, this this, this is true. So the theory claims that um, Avril Lavigne, at the height of her fame, skate yep. boy, she was really struggling. Um, I can believe that. the attention and stuff like that. And so the record company... Um, began to use like a, a, a I was about to say doppelganger. No, they decided to use like a lookalike for a body double kind of thing. Yeah, body double. So yeah. that um, you know, just to take the pressure off. And sure. at some point, um, the switch happened. Obviously, when Avril Lavigne died, they just thought, well, we'll just keep using this person called Melissa. Um. So, do you want to hear what some of the proof is? Go on then. Because I think I think this is, is it. Classic. This is really good evidence. Uh. Yeah. I think we should we should totally get into this right. Okay, so okay, go proof. It is. Oh, where are my notes? That's Jean Simmons. She's Jean Simmons. No. Um. Okay, so that would be a story. <laughs> Avril Avril Lavigne's red carpet shots. Yeah. Okay, this is something to look at. Before Avril Lavigne died, you know, Avril wears trousers. Melissa prefers to wear dresses and skirts. Are you joking? No. That. So this is some this is someone that's kind of been grown up in the public eye. Fair yep. enough. Um, you don't think at some point during her life she might decide to wear something slightly different, given that she was what about fourteen when she first had fame. And uh, another clue is that you know there's there's facial feature differences between two thousand and two and a decade later. I mean, I think it's well. called aging. I would say so as well. I think that's a pretty natural phenomenon. I don't think that's anything that's you can really be writing conspiracy theories about. But like, like with you know the Beatles putting mm-hmm. clues in songs, um, you know, Melissa 
yeah. who, who is now Avril Lavigne, uh, thought she would also jump on that bandwagon of, of doing that. And, uh, you know, these, did she write an ode to herself? Uh, no, these, so these are the clues in okay. the songs. So, um, clues such as within the song slipped away in which she sings the day you slipped away was the day I found it won't be the same. That's considered a clue. I mean, it definitely isn't about like um, breaking up with someone, you know. Could be anything. Realising that, you know, you've grown apart and that, yeah. It's not I about think, that. It could never have been about that. I mean, I don't think anyone should ever... Oh, I'm going too deep there. Don't worry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Avril Lavigne being replaced by a body double. Like, we do not need to be going to, like, deep levels here. Okay. And the last, the last fact... I'm sure there's lots of other facts. But facts? That would mean it was true. Um... Uh, apparent evidence but uh so the last the last one is they they said there's a publicity shot in which levine aka melissa mm-hmm. has written on her hand melissa and i looked this up and there is that that there is that photo but if that yeah. rumor was going around about you i mean you know one it would probably really it would it, it would it would make me laugh but it might yeah i, I suppose it would probably get to the stage that you would maybe get a little bit annoyed about it. Yeah, or I can maybe you would why. want to play into it just to wind people mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. And so writing Melissa doesn't really prove anything. I mean, there's there's forums on this stuff. There is like a t- shit ton of people that believe this, which is Genuinely. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess for me, like, it'd be similar to the previous, the guy in the Jim Morrison story, where it's just like, okay, if you genuinely believe this to be true, I'm going to play into it and just have a bit of a joke about it because that is totally something I would do. I'd be like, yeah, let me write Melissa on my hand. Let me drop Melissa into interviews every now and then. You know, you ask me a question, I'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, if I was going to choose my own name again, I would choose Melissa. Well, You I'm, totally would. I would. I'm, I'm going to start writing. Uh, I don't know whether should I do, should I write Debbie Harry or Madonna? On, on my arm when we next play a show and we can start the rumour that... Um, you yeah. are actually Madonna? Yeah, that what, that what they've done is because obviously, you know, she's ageing, that they've just transplanted her brain into mine or something. I don't know. And yeah, um, yeah to give her I longevity, think... she's she's kind of taken over my body and I'm, um, yeah. So if yeah. you want to see Madonna, come and see my guy. When we get out of this mess anyway. <laughs> Ticket prices, you know... Reasonable, reasonable. reasonable. Probably about five quid to get in versus 200 to see Madonna. Exactly. Madonna, you know, and you, you want to see someone who can, well, Madonna can still bust a move, let's face facts. And and our corporate packages include a pint of lager from the bar and a packet of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> All for the added price of a fiver. Exactly. Right, we are okay, value so for that, money, mate. We are value for money. So that comes to the end of my 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 five probably not my top five but the five that i managed to kind of gather stuff together circumstantial on, evidence yeah. around yeah so uh, all right should we drop some music do you think yes so i'm playing oh my god oh my god i wasn't prepared even though i said i wanted to play some music i totally have just like not got the details up um okay so Angela i Martin. am gonna play um and i just i'm so oh god my brain's up with it so I went to Facebook to look for this band so I could mm-hmm. talk about them a bit more. And I typed into Facebook, Facebook in the search. Well done. That's how well <laughs> this is going this morning. So you I, are here. I am going to play a song 
by face by Facebook. I'm doing no. it. No. I'm going to play a song by Fright Milk. And uh, cool. they did a live stream, which when this comes out, will probably be a couple of weeks ago. So do take a look at that because it was absolutely fantastic. It has literally the best entrance onto a stage that I think I've ever seen. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. Yeah. So uh, they've got they've, they've got a new single that's out. It came out. Oh, it's out now. It came out probably a week and a half ago by the time this goes out or two weeks. And it's called I'm Starting to Think You Don't Even Want to Go to Space. So uh, should we have a listen and then I'll talk about the band? Yep, let's.
So that was Fight Milk, who described themselves on Twitter as extremely loud and incredibly gross. So that was their new single, I'm Starting to Think You Don't Even Want to Go to Space, which is out via Reckless Yes Records. And they do have social media, I just mentioned Twitter. So that's Fight Milk Band, if you want to follow them on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, I can't see what their handle is, but if you just search Fight Milk, they they will come up. But they do have a band camp, so if you could... If you could go there and buy some some merchandise, some vinyl or whatever they've got there, that would be awesome. Uh, and that is Fight Milk is a band, and that's that's them on Bandcamp. If you could check them out, but also Spotify. I say it every single week, and I'm not sure how many of you are listening. Stream it, like it, share it, add it to a playlist, then go and buy the single. Do it, it all, people. It, do yeah, it all. Do it all. Look, you're not going to the pub at the moment. You can afford like the 79p or whatever it is to download the song. So do it. Um, unless you don't have a job at the moment. And then, you know, I, I forgive you. Um, but yeah, that's Fight Milk. If you don't have a job, you can stream it. Go for it. Everything helps. Exactly. Exactly. So come on, on to your story. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Kaniki. Uh, they were formed in Sunderland in 1994. Uh, three school friends got together. They were... Lauren Gofton, who became Lauren Laverne, that went on to Six Music, Glastonbury presenting fame. Emma Jackson, who became Emmy Kate Montrose, and Anne-Marie Nixon, who became Marie de Santiago. Uh, my favourite thing, well, one of my favourite things about them, was that they went all out and decided they were going to have stage names. They changed their surnames, they mixed up their, their um, first names. I do wonder if you'd known someone for that amount of time and knew her as Anne-Marie, would you still just be calling her Marie? Hard to say. Anyway, digress. They hang on. Hang on, hang on. You're missing. You're missing. There's a band member missing from Kinnickie. I am, and I'm coming to that now. Okay. So from what from what I can tell, these three schoolmates just divvied up what they were going to do. One was going to sing. One was going to play bass. One was going to play guitar, and they were missing the other essential element, which is obviously a drummer. At this point, they reeled in Lauren's older brother, and he became Johnny X. His real name was. Pete Gofton, sorry, just checking my notes there. Yeah, so he became Johnny X and Kaniki were up and running. They took their name from their favourite uh, character from Greece. That's where the name Kaniki comes from. Who was your favourite character in Greece? Uh, oh, bloody hell, what's the name? The uh, Eva, the beauty school dropout. Yeah, she's or, great. Or Rizzo. Rizzo's my favourite, actually. See, so I think Rizzo. Rizzo. I think... He, I think if this was my band, the band would have been called Rizzo. But anyway, it was not. It was not my band and it was called Kaniki. They put out two EPs before being signed to a major. Uh, first one was on a record company called Slamped, I think. I don't have a note about that, but anyway. And then they put out Skillex. Um, around this time, they were they were quite hotly tipped, to be fair. They had quite a lot of interest from a lot of different labels, including Creation which is obviously like the home to Oasis, Anna McGee, massive label. They decided not to go with them, however. They went to a subsidiary of EMI called EMI Disc, which I did not know until I was researching this. Uh, EMI Disc was run by people called Bob Stanley and Pete Wiggs from St Etienne. Oh, oh my God. And, uh, and, uh, 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 Link. Go on. Croydon Band. Really? Yep, Croydon Band. I never knew that. Yeah, it's full of facts, full of facts. And also, I discovered Kinnicky through you because you were part of a fanzine club. Yeah. You used to order like seven inches or like CD singles and EPs. And you played me Kinnicky 
and uh yeah i think that's i think that's where i got their second ep from skill x i have that somewhere still maybe i'll dig that out in these times when i've got plenty of time maybe i have it maybe you do (laughs) you have a fair amount of my cds to be fair um anyway let's get back to kaniki less about your cd stealing habits um they also opened for the Ramones last show at Brixton Academy, which I think is a pretty cool thing to have under your belt. And this was all before they'd even been signed to EMI Discs. They were clearly like a band that were going places. Um, in their time, they put out two albums. The first one, from what I can remember, it seemed to be quite a lot of singles they'd already put out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. No, you're right. It was, to, to me, when I got that album... It mm-hmm. was pretty much every single song I already already owned, and they just re-record them in a more sort of polished, polished fashion. It was the same with um, Blood for Two's first album. There was stuff that they'd done and then re-recorded mm-hmm. when they were signed to to Virgin. So yeah, I mean, like, I think with that album as well, all of it is like they whoever EMI sorry EMI disc whoever took them just seemed to like try to polish them up a bit I mean if you look at the photos of them prior to that and then after that the videos it's all just got a little bit slicker hasn't it really it's a little bit more polished a little bit more thought out there was definitely some kind of I guess marketing A&R machine working behind that to sort of polish them up and make them this kind of pop product but yeah you might get onto this wasn't this a time when they got Lauren Laverne to ditch playing guitar and she just was singing or am I making it up I feel I feel like that's more around the second album time oh okay carry on so could, stop, could be either way I'll stop so yeah um so that was their first album they released their second album which I don't think it was well kind of from what I've read it was pretty in terms of critical acclaim it was okay it did all right but it didn't sell too much and there's two YouTube videos that's like their last tour which is a tour that they went out to promote this and I don't know if they were did something subsequently disband um, because of record sales or if they just weren't enjoying it. Because if you, I mean, I'll put the links, as I've said before, underneath um, in the comments here for you guys to have a look at. But they just seem pretty miserable, to be honest. I mean, there's a, they, do, they all do little bits of straight to camera. There's like times where they're just really pissed off. They wanted to be able to go back to the hotel and have a rest and they can't. They're stuck on a tour bus. But there's one thing that Emmy Kate, the bassist, said. She said like she was she was 15 when she walked into her first rehearsal and at that point she was 20 I mean that's 25% of your life that you've spent being in a band that's mental and you're only 20 and she kind of said that you know they never really felt that this was going to be a long-term thing for them they were just doing it while it was fun while people liked them while they enjoyed it so I think despite the the kind kind of rumors you know everybody likes to have a a cat fight if there's girls involved in a band a big bust Mm. up like lots of bitchiness it just seems to me that they sort of got to the end of their natural tether. Well, didn't didn't they say it was like in an enemy article? Because I I became like a well, I'd say a super fan, but I'm mm-hmm. too lazy to ever be that. But oh, I do, I'll come to some super fans after. I think I think I do have everything that they ever recorded, and um, in an article in Enemy, it said that Kaniki split on stage. Um, and they, they did. The music, they they did. blamed the music industry scumbags, as they they called them, and it was nothing to do with them falling out or anything like that. It was a music industry thing. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did split up on stage. It was at their. They were played a gig. I think it was at Astoria. That might be one for Corrections Corner, but I believe it was at Astoria. And at the end of the gig, which yeah. allegedly 
before going on stage, Johnny X had said, I'm so drunk, I can't feel my hands, which is not exactly what you want to be hearing from your drummer. Kerry, please take note. (laughs) You never want to hear these words from you. Um, But at the end of that gig, they said, we were knicking a bunch of fuckwits, which I think is a great way to go out. If you're going to go out, like, go out with a bang. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I've got some... One of my other favourite things about them, I mean, apart from the fact that they all had their own stage personal names yeah. they were they were funny like I don't know if any, any of you guys ever saw them live but they were on stage it was like they were just mates having a laugh so well, I've yeah. got some absolute go for it no 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 I was saying yeah no I, I remember going to see them play uh and actually I remember when they were playing downstairs at the garage and we had a gig mm-hmm. upstairs at the garage on the same the same night so we managed to to sort of catch their sex we were on earlier so yeah that was that was cool so got tenuous link gig for free so yeah so um some of my quotes that i've got it kind of almost goes back to what you were talking about earlier with fables and things that are made up and with these ones there is absolutely no way they are they are 100 made up but their drummer johnny x took some time off for whatever reason i mean they were quite young potentially he was doing his a-level exams who knew um, but some of the quotes they came up with as to why he wasn't playing with them at that given moment or wasn't around for interviews were just hilarious. I mean, one of them, he's one of them. I don't remember who said it, but the quote was, he's dead. We killed him. He doesn't do interviews or photos as a sight of a rotting corpse isn't appealing. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess you're you're a young band. You're talking to music journalists. They're like, where where, where is your drummer today? And you're thinking, you know what, mate? Jug on. Have you got nothing better to ask me about? I'm going to give you the biggest line of crap and see if it gets printed. They'll print anything. And you know what, folks? It did. Um, they also claimed that he was under a patio. And this is in the time of like, um, Brook- was it Brookside? Yeah, Brookside, Brookside and yeah. Trevor Jordash, yeah, 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 yeah. where they buried Trevor Jordash under a patio. Well um, done for remembering names. You totally looked that up, didn't you? No, that I didn't, but I was a big Brookie fan. Uh. I loved a bit of Brookie at that age. They also claimed that he was selling lighters with pictures of himself in Newcastle Town Centre. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can take your conspiracy theories, you can take your Jim is alive. <laughs> that is what we're talking about when we're talking about rumours. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, some other classic quotes, which... Uh, look, there's, a great, there's a great fan site. I'll come to the fan sites after. Some other classic quotes. Um, Marie de Santiago said, Imagine being me. You're the... You are me, the big brother of the entire family. And she's referring to curly hair here. Your only role models are Sonia and Brian May. <laughs> I mean, like, I grew up with curly hair. And if I had to have just Sonia and Brian May as my role models, dear Lord, dear Lord. Um, I, don't, also, I, don't Lauren... think, I don't think role models are strictly, uh, you know, linked to your hairstyle or what type of hair or you your have. Hair type. I, think, I, think you can, I think you can go out of out of that, you know. Who would be your role model based on hair type? Based on hair type? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm i blessed. It depends if it's my natural hair colour or my current hair colour, which is red. Go with current. Current. Uh, what's the chops from... Oh, my God. Names have um, completely disappeared from my brain. Well, you called Sh- Fight Shirley, Man- Shirley Manson from Garbage. There you go. There you go. That's pretty banging. She's got red hair. Hasn't Fair she? enough. So, yeah. She has. And this is my last quote. Um, and this is Lauren Laverne. 
when I'm 50, I'll be sitting by a Malibu pool with a gigolo. Awesome. Huh? That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's, that's things to aspire to. I wonder if any of these ever get read back to her though, to be fair, because I don't think I'd want things I said in my late adolescence read back to me as an adult. But I think she was quite, um, quite on it, wasn't she? I mean, yeah. like the quotes that you see, I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything that's cringy in there. She's nah. actually just quite funny. She's yeah, really yeah. witty. So I don't think, well, whereas if, you know, even people would quote back what we've said on this podcast now and I will... Cringe. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't <laughs> think she's got anything to worry about. I think we probably do. No, fair enough. Well, I guess with that last quote as well, we've probably got around like maybe what? 12, 15 years to see if that comes to life. It's not the worst life to be living, is it? Anyway, like a lot of these quotes, I mean, I'd like to say that I've done vast amount of hours in in-depth research. I haven't. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of um, fan sites out there that I'm just like, Lordy, I never would have thought a band like Nikki had that kind of reach and that kind of influence on someone's life that they've put together these fan sites um, there's two. I can't remember the first one. The second one's called Knicky Fried Chicken. Oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> it's good, right? But it's actually quite a cool site. Someone's put a lot of effort into it. I don't know who it is, but sir or madam, as it may be, I salute you. I'm going to put the link to it in the comments just in case anyone on earth has an idea they'd like to check it out. There's a great comment section in there and I'll be reading some more of the choice ones in the kind of the patron podcast that we'll do after this but yeah that's me that's me um sorry presenting Kaniki. and yeah check out check out the fan sites at the bottom they're great okay cool thank you i, I love you Kaniki. are welcome what's your favorite Kaniki song don't say punker. Mm, everyone says punker. nah i'd probably go oh acetone Ooh, that's a, that's a good one i think that's it's just one. so sad like it's really beautiful, but it's really sad as well. Like there's a, there's a, as much as they were, oh, as much as they were, uh, a glittered smear chance not taken, as which was one quote that I found, written <laughs> written about them, not written by them, obviously. Um, I think there's a sadness in that song. Oh, I might have a little play of that today. Yeah, I was, I was just, I was just thinking about about that. I think that might be my soundtrack to the day. Um, come out tonight. Come on, that's that's a good. Song. That's a classic. That's really good. Total classic. And I would fix you in your car. What other songs were there? Anyway, they've got they've got loads of amazing songs, whether it's the first album, second album, B sides, whatever. I really, really loved them and I thought it was really it was almost like the day when the Beatles said they weren't touring, when Kenicky said they were splitting up. They went on to great things though, to be yeah, fair. I mean, like Laura Laverne's doing lot, all the kind of presenting things. Desert Island Discs. Really? Like, she do, no, she, Mike. Is she still doing that? Or she, she's doing Women's Hour as well. She's she's fantastic. She is. But the other something too badly either. I mean, like Johnny X, as far as I'm aware, continues to make music. I know Marie, from my research, she went back to Sunderland or somewhere in the northeast, and um, she's working for like an art, an arts council up there, or oh, the arts amazing. council, I guess. Yeah, and the bassist went on and did, I think it was a PhD in sociology or something like that. I mean, they're clearly like bright, bright people. Do you know what I mean? They, they, nobody's mugs is how I would say it. She also DJs, you know, she, um, there was a festival, Beachdale Soundtest, um, last year. I think she DJed at that, I think. Really? she's, She's still out and about. 
We should. We oh. isn't that? Oh my god, we have to. Just okay, okay. We've we've got some interest, strangely, by some pretty cool people that want to be guests on this show. Um, Lord and, knows and, why. And I'm, gonna, I'm trying to work out how that can happen, and that's that's fine. We we have to have someone from Kinnicky. Kinnicky, if you're out there, this is a call to arms. We would love to have you on the on the podcast. Like not, you know. <laughs> I, well, you know, I said I was a fan. <laughs> I, I would like to have my own personal stalker fan of, of Kinnicky <laughs> that could come and live in my house. Oh, my voice is all going <clears throat> while I'm in isolation. Uh, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but you you keep hoping. You keep hoping. Okay, um, well, that's another fantastic week of uh, rock pop rambles. So, yes, drop us a message if you want us to play your music or if you've got a story you want us to tell. Um, and the email address is rockpoprambles at gmail. We're going to head over to our Patreon page in a moment and um, record an exclusive podcast uh, just for our Patreon members. For them. So if you do like the show... And you do want to support us. We are a band as well, so shed loads of expenses. So any any sort of financial support people can give is, is fantastic. And we will reward you with lots and lots of exclusive content. We've got old Bug Eye tracks on there. We will have video content coming soon. We've got um, exclusive podcasts. We'll have like blog pieces, all sorts of stuff on there that you won't be able to get anywhere else in thanks for your support. But we do have social channels as well that you can access. We still have content going out as well. So Bug Eye Music on YouTube and on Facebook and on Twitter, it's Bug Eye Band. So, um, Couldn't have made that easy and had the same for everything, could we? No, nah. it wasn't available, so <laughs> bastards stole it, didn't they? So, um, gits. Yeah. Gits. Gits, gits, gits. Uh, gits, gits. Anyways, I suppose that's that's us for another week. That's everything, so, yeah. Um, over and out. <laughs>